Surely the sovereign Lord will do nothing, but revealeth all his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Do you know where that's found? Amos 3.5. Cheated. Amos 3.5. Surely the Lord, the sovereign Lord will do nothing, but reveal his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Amazing. Spoken long before Christ was born. Amos 3.7, sorry, not 3.5, Amos 3.7. Would you open your Bible to Micah, minor prophet Micah? I would like for you to share, share with you something incredible that came out of Micah that I think you may not have seen put together like this before. So out of Micah, and find the, the prophet Micah. Micah actually is talking about the birthplace of King David was in Bethlehem. That's Bethlehem today. There's a church built right over the place where Jesus was born. Now, during the time of Micah, he was also a contemporary with the prophet Isaiah, who wrote a lot. And Micah has just a little part. Micah was more of a peasant. But Assyria was coming, and they were the dominant world power. We know them as Babylon. But Assyrians were coming down, and they were slowly coming down from the north, and they were attacking and each city holding a siege. It took quite a bit of time as Syria is coming down. And Micah, being in Judah, along with Isaiah, sensed the doom that was coming. And he spoke about it and wrote about it. And so the king Ahaz was king of Judah at the time that this began and going. And he had gone full length into idolatry. And he was bringing everybody into it. And he was even doing child sacrifices from idolatry. And they were worshiping Baal and thinking God is abhorrent to what was taking place in his people as they were going after false gods. Along came the next king was Hezekiah. And if you remember, Hezekiah prayed that the Lord would extend his life. Remember that? Hezekiah was praying. And Hezekiah, he was known to be trusted in the Lord God of Israel. He was a, usually a bad, bad king followed by a good king. A bad king followed by a good king. We find that over and over again. But it continued down. So the book of Micah, the little tiny book, is in the intimate threat that is coming from the Syrians as they're coming down city by city, taking Judah, coming towards Jerusalem. And so here comes Micah as he is writing. Micah has basically two things in there. He's condemning the sins of the people, which were all wrapped up in idolatry. And also we find in Micah was he wrote about the Messianic kingdom. Now, here's what I'd like for you to be careful with today. And that is, we need to be careful. We need to look carefully at our own perspective about this. Okay? We, sitting here in 2018, what's left of it, have a perspective that is different than what Micah had as the Assyrians were slowly moving down, coming towards them as the Babylonians were. So remember, as we think about this together, that Micah had a different perspective as we look at this, okay? So we need to catch this as we read this passage together in Micah chapter 5. So here we go. Micah chapter 5, verse 1. Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. Here comes the Assyrians. They will strike Israel's ruler, or the king, on the cheek with a rod. In other words, they will attack him. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, 
There were two Bethlehems in Israel, but this was the one, the city of David. But you, Ephraim, Ephratah, though you were small among the clans of Judah, Bethlehem is about five miles outside of Jerusalem, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. If you have the King James Version, it'll say from everlasting. Here we get in this one passage in Micah 5, 2, we understand the pre-existence of Christ. We understand that looking from our perspective, looking back, we can see that. He's talking about the pre-existence of Christ from everlasting in that phrasing that he puts into that writing that he wrote in Micah 5.2. And we know that as the appearance of Christ. All right, so keep going. Therefore, Israel, Israel be abandoned until the time when she, who bears labor to a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join Israel. Now, there is a prospect here about what are they, what are they talking about? Is she talking about Mary? Or is he talking about Israel as the woman. Looking hindsight, looking back, we would say, they're talking about Mary, who's giving birth to a son. We see that from our perspective. So in Micah 5, he is looking at the Syrian army who is coming their way. He sees the threat. He knows what's going to be doomed. The Lord has revealed to him that things are bad for Israel because they have gone into idolatry particularly in Judah, Israel, at the top of it, they had divided themselves, 10 kings on the north, two kingdoms on the south, two tribes. They had been uh, eliminated as this process is going down. So he sees this happening and taking place while he's witnessing that. And that particular perspective, had he known from his perspective that this was not talking about Assyria. It was talking about something else. So Micah saw the Assyrians coming. And so his frame of reference is different than ours. Do you see that? Do you see that there was a difference there? So I thought, well, what would I say to Micah if he were alive today, if I had some opportunity to speak and say, Micah, let's, let's just sit down. I'm glad you had to stop by the church. I'd like to have an opportunity to share with you because you wrote an incredible book that we look at and say incredible things that you wrote, but they're different than what you thought. Wouldn't that be true? Because he thinks it's talking about the Assyrians. He thinks that's what's going to happen. And I, I'm wondering if he would come today, if he could see from our perspective, if he might write it a little different. Well, maybe not, maybe so. But he might see the world from a different angle. Might see this coming. You see, this is to our advantage. It is to our advantage, is it not, to look back at Micah, because we are looking back. And therefore, when we look back, it's always 2020, isn't it? Looking back, you could say, you could look and say, ah, oh, I see, Micah, you have no idea when, when you were writing that, exactly how you were laying that out. And we read that at Christmas time over and over about Bethlehem Ephrata, your prophecy predicting the coming of the Messiah, the one from everlasting. We read that, we grow courage from that because we know about your writing, even though we are 2,000 years after the death of Christ. Micah was writing forward. He was talking, this is what will happen. So let's for just a moment pretend we are Micah's. In Micah's day, 
We are there. Isaiah is writing. He's warning as well. So Micah's writing. He, had, he was a peasant. He was a peasant, but he was writing these things, sharing these things, this little book, and he said, you are looking for a new leader because the kingdom is falling apart. So we're looking for a new leader, and God has promised a new leader will come out of Bethlehem, Ephrathah, looking for this one to come. Verse 4, he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of his Lord. He will stand, look at that, look at it, and shepherd his flock. Oh, we look back, we say, ah, the shepherd, yes, Christ the shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. Remember, we take that out of the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We look at that and say, that's Christ, that's pointing to Jesus. But Micah didn't have that perspective because Jesus had not been born. But he senses a new leader coming out, and he will stand and he will shepherd. He will draw the flock together. He will gather the people together. And he will come in the strength of the Lord. He will have that with him, continuing on. And he will live securely, for then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth. He will, and then they will live securely, for his greatness will reach the ends of the earth. Did that happen to the Assyrians when they came down and took over? Certainly not. They took them off into captivity. And then verse 5, and he will be our peace. The prince of peace. We recognize that. But look at, if you read the rest of the verse, look what Micah put in here. And he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. Okay. Micah's perspective was that the new leader coming out of Bethlehem will take care of the threat from the Assyrians. It appears to me that's what he is suggesting. But from our viewpoint, we see something totally different. As we look at that and see that, he will be our peace is applicable to Christ, to him. So the new leader for him would take care of the Assyrians, according to Micah. Yet looking back, as we look back in that, looking back, the new leader is the Messiah. He is the one that brings peace and come to this. Micah saw this as the conquering king. He was looking for this new leader to conquer and to save them. So they were looking at the time of Jesus for someone to save them from the Romans. They were looking for a conqueror to come and release them and to save them. Yes, from their perspective, from our perspective, as we look and think of that. You see, even Jesus' disciples misunderstood his mission, didn't they? They thought, are you now going to establish your kingdom, they said? Are you now going to do that? They missed Isaiah 53 was he was the suffering servant. But you see, that's all to our advantage. It's all to our advantage. Now, I would like to give you a word of caution as we do this. When I was in college, I was taking a class, and in this particular class, I can't remember which one it was, we were talking about the events that lead up to the closing uh, of this world's history and the coming of Jesus. And I was handed a chart that someone had made, and it had scripture, and it had 
some references from the writings of Ellen White in which he had outlined exactly the events that were to take place in order as they were to go leading up. So it had the passage of Sunday laws, it had the passage of the close of probation, it had the time of the shaking, it had Jacob's time of trouble, it had the seven last plagues. Uh, it had all this all lined out in order and going. And when I got out of college, I was like, that's it. There it is, all there laid out. So I would know as these things event exactly where I am. Now I can look back in Revelation and I can know from Scripture where I am. I can know exactly what verse I'm in. But this gentleman had laid this out and we were being taught about how all these parts fit exactly in order as we prepare for Jesus to come. It was kind of comforting to me at this time. Now, do you remember this phrase? He can't see the forest because of the trees. Have you heard that before? <laughs> we make that kind of like, well, you, you, you can't really, can't really uh, think it through, can't really see the beauty of the forest because all the trees are in the way. And we laugh at that. Paul Simon wrote, a man hears what he wants to hear, but then he disregards the rest. You heard that phrase? Yeah. How about a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still? Uh -huh. Even though you have the proof and everything have happened. So I've been thinking about this particular perspective. I'm not going to comment about what's going on in Congress right at this moment, about the shutdown. We're not going to deal with that. But a long time ago, before any of you were born, Richard Nixon was, was president of the United States. I remember him, the rest of you won't. Um, but Richard Nixon, who was president, and he got into trouble in a thing called Watergate. And um, so they had and started the impeachment and the investigations, and this went on and on. It was on television and all day, you know, for hours and hours and hours. On and on. You can read about it. Well, one particular congressman as they were laying out all these facts, said this, please don't confuse me with the facts. You know, don't, don't tell me the facts about actually what happened because then my mind that I've already made up is, is going to be disturbed. So keep the facts to yourself so that I can keep my mind where it is. I don't have to think of anything new have happened. So I was thinking about our chat then with Micah. And having that chat, which reminds me of my chart. The chart, I did not bring it because I didn't want to stir you up. But the chart, the predicted, laid out all the steps that would happen. Looking into the future. Uh, two ways to do this. One is we could say, well, if you look into the future like that, everything is perfectly in a line. But if you were to take the perspective of Micah, Micah saw that that passage and the things that were happening and what the Lord revealed to him was that the Lord was going to send a new leader from out of Bethlehem who would take care and save them from the Assyrians. Did Jesus come and save them from the Assyrians? No. They went into captivity. So if I were to gather from that, 
And looking back at that, I would say that I need to learn something. And that would be that I need to be careful about my chart. Because as you get past those events, looking back, they tend to look different. Not that they're wrong. Micah certainly wasn't wrong what he wrote, was he? He was right on. In Bethlehem, Ephrata, a new leader would come who was from Ancient of Days. Absolutely right on the mark. It was not wrong, but he had a different perspective on how he might have interpreted it. I don't know. When we get to heaven, we'll ask him about it. So Bethlehem offered to us more than the protection from the Assyrians, you see. He was looking for that because it was a threat to his country. They were being invaded. That was his hope. And he was warning the people, come back to God, confess your sins. A new leader is coming. But even we would say, Bethlehem was even more than evil King Herod, would we say? Or wouldn't we say it was more than any Roman emperor or any Roman governor? Because what happened in Bethlehem, Bethlehem Ephrata, the new leader, the one from ancient of days, when he came, he offered forgiveness of sin and assurance of eternal life to whoever believes. far greater than anything, any threat from the Assyrians. Far greater than being anything from Rome. Far greater. Far greater than anything in our present world. Far greater than the threats that we face as a nation or as a world. Something happened miraculously by God's own calling, shared to us about the point of where it would happen by Micah 700 years before the event, approximately, that a Savior would be born, a Messiah, who would affect your life and mine. Because what was born in Bethlehem was Jesus and that man lives today to be my friend. He also is my savior. That's why Christmas, and we look at the birth of Christ and the birth of what happened, because surely the sovereign Lord will do nothing but reveal his secrets unto his servants, the prophets, even though Micah may not have understood how this was going to roll out, we can look back and clearly see the prophecies fulfilled, which teaches me that Jesus will be coming and returning. And when he comes to return again, when he comes back to this world, I must be open to whatever events that would lead up to where he would go. Because my forward vision may not be as clear as my backward vision. So before I lay my chart out in concrete, 
should say, subject to change. Because Micah, when we see him, we're going to share with him. I get to say, share it first. You can be second. Get to share with Micah and say to him, Micah, you have no idea, no idea what a beautiful passage of scripture you gave us. Now, it wasn't the Syrians. It was the coming of our Lord and Savior who will take us eternally home. That, my friends, then that sharing with Micah, he will be our ministry throughout all eternity. We will be sharing God's great love for us. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the preciousness that you give to us. I thank you for Micah and his writing and sharing. He, he thought he had, he thought he understood, he thought he saw, but you had him put down the words that now we can look back and see with clarity the coming of Jesus. That we can see the first advent predicted hundreds of years ago by Micah, who, who was just your servant, who wrote and shared those great truths. He saw it as the Syrians, we see it as the world. He saw it as a new leader, we see it as the Messiah. He saw it as someone coming out of Israel with God's authority from, from ancient, we see it as the eternal Jesus. We thank you for that. And we thank you for inspiring Micah. But on this Christmas season, may we accept and take Christ closer into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.